Thank you for listening to the Redfield Arts Review. This is your announcer, Mary Ann Perry. Brought to you by... Hello, this is Caroline Monroe. And I'm Martine Beswick. And we're here to tell you about this wonderful and exciting new project that we've both been involved with. It's called Sinbad and the Pirate Princess. And it's a movie for your ear. Baghdad. The great city and its citizens are celebrating. Now, as I am a river to my people. You must kill her, my handsome and still skeptical Captain Sinbad. The only good pirate is a dead one. Brace yourself, Captain Bula! The pirates are upon us! Their ship comes alongside us! I shall not rest until all of Badra's ships are burnt. You remind me of only one other swordsman with such skill. Who? Me! What is that in that vial? This? Simply the blood of a siren mixed into a potion that I now drink. Look! Look! She changes, Captain! For you and the people of Zalos, I have complete faith in Sinbad. He's the very man you need. For three days on two screens, Bay Area Film Events presented 10 great fantasy films from the master stop-motion animator and special effects wizard Ray Harryhausen at the Balboa Theater in San Francisco. A tidal wave of terror engulfs the screen as a raging monster from the dawn of creation attacks the world of man. West Coast reels under Holocaust as the men and weapons of the atomic age battle to the death against the ageless monster of the deep. For the three-day film festival, in between the screenings, there were presentations made by Connor Heaney, the collections manager for the Ray and Diana Harryhausen Foundation, and Ray and Diana's daughter, Vanessa Harryhausen. This is Dynamation. Dynamation will be brought to the screen for the first time in color with the release of Columbia Pictures' The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Anything the mind can conceive can now be brought to the screen. As, for example, this scene from The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, in which the Princess Parisa, played by Catherine Grant, is reduced to doll size by the magician Sokura. Vanessa and Connor spoke on many topics related to Vanessa's father's life and work. The talks, with audience question and answer sessions following, included a wide range of topics, including Vanessa's experiences at home and on set with her father and his film work. The myths. The magic. The mystery. The majesty. Destroy Argos! Let loose the last of the titans. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents Clash of the Titans. Mark Redfield was able to steal Vanessa and Connor away for a few minutes during the weekend festival to dig a little deeper into what the duo were up to in making preparations for Ray Harryhausen's centennial in 2020, including a grand museum exhibition planned to celebrate the life and legacy of the brilliant animator. Here's Mark Redfield in conversation with Connor Heaney and Vanessa Harryhausen. It's good to see you again. Thank 
Thank you. It's lovely to see you too. I love seeing you and hanging out with you and doing things. And uh, kind of, it's been great getting to know you, and I mean that genuinely. Yeah, um, it's been lots of fun. Um, you know, I've heard you on the podcasts for the foundation and uh, seen your uh, social media, Facebook and the Twitter things, all the events that you've been doing and leading up to the 100th uh, remembrance anniversary of your dad, Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> And events like this at the uh, Bill Bow, Bill, what, what's the Balboa, like Rocky. Balboa. Yeah. I keep thinking it's like the Hobbit thing. No, no, think of Rocky. <clears throat> Rocky, okay, I got to remember Rocky, Rocky. But it's been a great weekend. Uh, they've been screening how many films? I think it's eleven. Yeah, it's eleven of Ray's films. So it's all, all the sort of the most popular of the Harryhausen classics. And you've been able to do uh, introductions and little talks. Yeah. In between, and the uh-huh. talks have ranged from what subjects? Well, this weekend, because we, we often do introductions to, to Ray's life and Ray's work, uh, on this occasion we felt that most of the attendees would know a little bit about Ray beforehand, so we've, we've taken it from and, a different and, angle. And some of them know, or they think they know more than you do, yeah. you guys do. Yeah. No, so it's been great because some of, some of Ray's most passionate fans have, have been in attendance, yeah. and it's always great to chat to these people, which has been another bonus of, of the weekend's festival. But yes, on this occasion we thought we'd... Uh, we do something a little different, and we have looked at Ray's life and films from Vanessa's perspective. Yeah, That's it's, really it's been fun just adding some personal pictures and talking about my life um, at home around Daddy from growing up, you know, yeah. and then um, another section of, of, of being on film set. Which stuff. has got to be fun and exciting. And, yeah, and it, was, it was amazing and, and feel very privileged. Yeah. And I guess, you know, fans have this idea that um, there's, a, there's a parallel where fans believe that all actors know all other actors. You know? uh-huh. How can you not possibly? And I guess fans, uh, when we first met, mm-hmm. uh, my dad's a ceramic artist. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I don't remember as a kid sitting in his studio watching him sculpt and that kind of thing. But I was like you, around events and things like that. And then as you got older, there were memories I'm sure that were just seared into mm-hmm. your head and heart yeah. that, you know were very very clear and um, there's a cool thing that I only found out about this weekend um, uh, on the set of Eye of the Tiger uh, where you were a, a photo where you were the stand-in for the cameraman yeah was that Eye of the Tiger no that was um, Clash of the Titan oh right 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 okay so because I, I, I just got my uh, I got my rocks, but of course, yes, you were you were tied yeah. to the rocks. Yeah, I the, was sta- standing for Judy Balker. Right, right. Dad just wanted the height in there. Uh, <laughs> right. I was so worried I was get... going to be chained up forever. There, and I wasn't, <laughs> so that was okay. <laughs> and that's to get the framing and the lights yeah. and all of that from from that thing. Um, I would have loved to have, to have known you back then. And just <laughs> romped. Um, the first uh, the first Ray Harryhausen film I saw in the theater was 74's Golden Voyage. Uh-huh. Which you know is a small weird coincidence that I'm now working with Caroline Monroe mm-hmm. on some things. And that's where you met her daughter. Yes, Tammy. Yeah. Um, we we went to boarding school together, and, and obviously we got introduced when Dad hired Caroline to be in Golden Voyage, and we ended up going to boarding school together, Tammy and I, and we have been firm friends ever since for about forty five years. Yeah, I think. best best friends. And Absolutely. This came up in one of the Q and A's. Um, you know, when you when you talk about that film, you talk about Caroline, and then Caroline's friendship with your mm-hmm. mom and dad, mm-hmm. and with you, and that Caroline 
is helping with the foundation. foundation. Yeah, she's been instrumental in support and giving it from an actress's point of view, because we're all giving different, you know, my, right. mine from being Ray's daughter. Right. Connor being the um, curator and looking after and archiving. And you're um, just a walking encyclopedia of, of things. You've very <clears throat> much impressed me with the, uh, having the right answer. I mean, I have a fanboy's knowledge of Ray's work, and I wanted to be an animator when I was a teenager. More of a, probably a cartoon animator. Um, but yeah, it's really impressed me that you've been able to uh, politely correct people, you know, and, 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 and fill in information, uh, even if they're, you know, not a professional. Well, it's, it's interesting because, as Vanessa mentioned, I've come coming at this uh, this job from from an archivist's point of view and from yeah. working with the collection. So I've really had to immerse myself in uh, in Ray's life and work. And although I've never been an animator, and the technical aspects of filmmaking are something that I've never experienced mm -hmm. firsthand, um, it's just it's been one of the joys of working with the collection because every day is a school day. You're always finding right. out something new, and I get to speak to people who. Have this vast, you know, this deep well of knowledge, which is great, 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 great. People, people like our conservator Alan Friswell, or our good friend Mike Hankin, who's uh, who's working on his Master of the Magics trilogy of books. Mm -hmm. Mike started writing those books the year before I was born, so that gives you some <laughs> I some idea of the depth of knowledge and and why it's so useful for me and, and why I'm so grateful to these people for for sharing their knowledge with me. Um, I mean, Alan has told me that he's watched Ray's films frame by frame um, to, to pick up little nuances in, in the techniques that Ray employed. And yeah, for him to have that knowledge and, and share it with me just gives me such a, a head start. But yes, working in the collection and, and reading about Ray's life and uh, seeing this story develop over the course of 90-some yeah. years of, uh, of all of the things that Ray was doing. And to jump back to Caroline for a moment, this is <coughs> something that I observed, uh, which I was trying to get out, uh, articulate just a moment ago, and I'm jumping around a lot, but the, um, the, the, the friendship that formed between them, mm -hmm. um, what I realized what you were saying in the Q&A the other day was it was, and you started talking about Caroline's openness and her big heart and her generosity, and that's very much what your father was exactly, like. Yeah. And so it was sort of like like spirits in that regard. Mm -hmm. And uh, it comes through, and then and looking at the fans and the questions that came, and you know, there were animators that came up from uh, L.A. to here to San Francisco for the festival. It was uh, Randy Cook, who yes. I understand that you're trying to pull into uh, uh, things a little bit more to get yeah. uh, next year's event uh, off and running, and and all the events beyond that. But that's the response that I see you, particularly you, Vanessa, getting mm -hmm. from these fans. Yeah. They want that connection. Yeah. And they want to know these things from yeah. you. Yeah, so I think it's a behind the scenes, not just the actor or the director, producer, animator. They want to, I think sometimes a little bit of the home life to sort of ground them a bit and, and let them understand that we are mostly normal behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, Dad does go <laughs> and cut the lawn and we do do other things and he does... You know, other home things. Um, yeah. You know. What was life like at home? What yeah. was the man like? What was your mom like? And you know, uh, because it isn't all work, even for workaholics, no. there, there is life yeah. in there. Let me jump back to you, Connor, for a second. How do you get to become uh, a collections manager and an archivist? I mean, um, I'm coming from an actor and a filmmaker point. You were Vanessa, <laughs> born into 
this world and caring now mm -hmm. uh, as an adult, caring for the estate uh, and, and with the Board of Trustees on the foundation, the Ray and Diana Harryhausen Foundation. But what's your background in a nutshell? How, do you, how did you get this job and is it a dream job? Has it been good? It's absolutely a dream job and I was kind of in the right place at the right time. Uh, my, my degree was archaeology. And from there, I started working with archaeology collections and mm -hmm. learning about databases and, and the practical um, aspects of cataloging. That kind of led into a similar career in working with aerial photography collections. So I used to work for the National Collection of Aerial Photography, which is held by Historic Scotland. And the bulk of that collection is World War II reconnaissance photography. Ah. So really interesting stuff. These brave men uh, would remove the gun from their Spitfire airplanes and fly over uh, Nazi Germany taking photographs to return home and then that would be interpreted. Mm -hmm. um, that's essentially how they found the V2 bombs and the V1 bombs and, and uh, scuppered Hitler's plans for, for an invasion. Stuff there, yeah. um, so, so that was a really interesting job and I loved it and I, I worked actually for a, uh, for a documentary that was made during the Commonwealth Games in Scotland in 2014 where it was uh, focused on African survey material mm. and, and they flew over Africa and, and surveyed the Commonwealth and then that they were looking at the repercussions of that sort of uh, 50 years later. So that was all very interesting but I was looking so, to develop. Uh, so, so how do you come to Vanessa, how do you hire this guy who's off in this other world? I mean how did that come about? Well we had, we had to go through, I can't tell you how many, I think we went two, three days of um, going through different people. We, interviews? Yes, interviews. Um, and narrowed it down to about three or four people um, and Connor just sort of sh sh shone through and um, he's been a real asset, it's just been wonderful. How did you find out about the interview? How did you know? Well this is the funny thing, uh, I was already a fan of Ray Harryhausen thanks to my mum who, who brought me up on films like mm. Jason and the Argonauts. My mum's got a classics degree, uh, degree. she's a very clever woman, I hope she hears this, um, <laughs> and she, she, so she, she was a huge fan of Ray's already and she, she passed that down to me, but it was funny, the trustees didn't advertise the job as work for the Ray Harryhausen Foundation, ah. it was a, a fairly sort of neutral, um, anonymous uh, job posting which just said <laughs> film collection. Oh. Um, and I thought, well, this looks quite interesting. This looks like it corresponds with what I've been doing already. Maybe a little, a little step up in terms of responsibility. Mm -hmm. But it didn't, it didn't tell you what. Also, I, I sent off my CV, and when the letter came back to say that it was with the Ray Harryhausen Foundation, I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> I had to read it twice, uh -huh. and I thought, well, what's this? Turk and Connell. It's a legal company. Maybe there's a, a lawyer called Ray Harryhausen in Edinburgh that I've never okay. heard of because there can't be two. And, and why would it be? Why would it be in Scotland? Why would why would I be given this amazing opportunity? Right. Uh, but no, I, I looked up and, and it was right. It was it was the foundation. So you jumped for it, and he was the smartest, yeah, sharpest. Was, and, yeah. and I think you made the right choice, just based on again getting to know you just only recently, and uh, your knowledge of things and your your enthusiasm is really really great. Here's a question that I that I think lay people, uh, fans, casual fans who don't know these books um, that other people are writing about. Ray Harryhausen, and you know, maybe they have the reprint of fantasy films, graphic or something, and that's all about the films. Um, Ray was an American, and you just touched on the fact that you know you're answering an ad in Edinburgh, Scotland. What's the what's the British and Scottish? What are the connections? And obviously, I'm opening this up by saying it's your mom. Yeah. But but what are the various connections and? Um, 
then why is the uh, museum next year in 2020 uh, in, in uh, Edinburgh? Um, well, my mum's side is because she's a great-great-great-granddaughter of David Livingston. Aha. Um, and I also, found you. Yes. Um, and um, Daddy ended up doing a huge sculpture at Blantyre yeah. um, of David Livingston, unfortunately getting attacked by a lion. <laughs> Um, and uh, so that's that's a sort of Scottish American connection. But I think they both met at a, a party they didn't want to go to, um, uh, and I guess it must have been love at first sight, and you know that. And um, then I guess the common uh, understanding is that because at a certain point, particularly when the uh, fantasy films really kick in, and the color films, and, and the Seventh Forge of Sinbad, and these films are being shot on inexpensive but beautiful locations mm -hmm. in places like Spain and the Mediterranean, <coughs> and then you're closer. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I guess Ray was an Anglophile and just enjoyed it. Yeah, I think he chose this country or uh, the UK because it was much cheaper to get film units and yeah. locations in Europe than it was to go from America to Europe. Right. So I think that was a large indicator of, of um, you know, helping the budgets and whatnot. Because the crews can just go home and not have to go to a hotel. Yeah. That kind of thing. Sure. It's that way today. Mm -hmm. You know, big big companies send, you know, to countries that give them the best breaks. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. nothing's changed about yeah. that whatsoever. And you get the flavor of that in those films. Mm -hmm. They're just shot in marvelous places and not just down on Catalina Island standing no. in for, yeah. you know, tropical whatever. So now the future is very exciting because You've and and they're, you're going to be telling this story of your story about going through everything that is now in the collection, mm -hmm. all of your dad's uh, from the obvious things fans know about, like the models and the mm -hmm. armatures and things, but to the sketches and to the everyday things that he worked with, including his entire workshop, his his studio. Mm -hmm. um, but the real exciting thing is, of course. 2020 is, is his dad. He would have been a hundred. A hundred years yeah. old. And so you're planning a um, four-month visit uh, exhibit. Tell us about the exhibit that's coming. Yeah. So May till October 2020, we'll see a massive exhibition of Ray's collection and a Biggest celebration. Talos. Exactly. Oh, yes. A we celebration. We'd like to get Talos in there. <laughs> That'd yes. That'd be great if people could <laughs> enter through his legs. And yeah. Well, that's what we're hoping. Talking about it. Um, but yeah, a celebration of Ray's life throughout that whole summer at the uh, Scottish National Gallery of Modern Art in Edinburgh. And uh, once they got a, a, a feel for the scope and the size of the collection, they decided that really it needed an entire building. So wow. we have the entirety of their building, Modern 2, on Belford Road in Edinburgh. And it's so exciting because although you've mentioned that the, the foundation is established in, in Scotland, in fact, you know, the exhibition didn't have to take place in Edinburgh. It could have been anywhere else. We had lots of interest from museums and institutions around the world. Well, hopefully it could be a, a, kick, a kicking off, a jumping off point to either moving the entire show to another place or obviously setting up other exhibitions around the world. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. That's yeah. going to be... It's, a, it's not a, a blowout. It's a, it's a launch pad, really, for another 10 years of, of celebrations of Ray's life. Yeah. But the, the guys at the National Galleries, they had such great ideas and they were really enthusiastic about the collection. Their director, Simon Groom, we've been having 
quite a few years of discussions now about right. about what we could potentially do. And they had such a such so much imagination and and so many fantastic ideas that it's the ideal location. So if you are a Ray Harryhausen fan, if you're an animation fan, if you're a Vanessa Harryhausen fan, like I am. Oh. <laughs> Where can you follow all of the unfolding of these events and little things like what's happening here in San Francisco where there's a little film festival and talks and that kind of thing? Where's the best people place, rather, for people to, to follow your activities? Well, we have a quite active social media channels, so you could head to our website, which is rayharryhausen.com. If you easy to remember. If you look on our uh, Facebook page, it's uh, facebook.com slash rayharryhausen. Great. Twitter is twitter.com slash Ray underscore Harryhausen and Instagram is instagram.com slash Ray dot Harryhausen. And those are all the official yes. uh, points of uh, social media for the Ray and Diana Harryhausen Foundation mm-hmm. because there's a lot of some very wonderful uh, social media sites where they're sharing information and all that kind of thing but this is this is the official stuff to yeah. get the word of, of events and certainly Scotland. And, um, and what, just to say, the, uh, the Facebook site is, is verified and the, the website yeah. is official. But you can also sign up for a newsletter too on our website and through all of these channels as well. So and we have e- so much going on. And even more important, sign up for the, you know, sign up for the newsletter if, uh, whether you're in San Francisco or in New York, London or Scotland, where, how can, how can people help uh, the foundation. If they wanted to send you money, what's the where, where do they go? Do they so, just should go to the website. Yeah, the website has a donate uh, donation section where you can find out a little more about donating to the foundation. It's a it's a registered charity, so it's a it's a charitable donation, mm-hmm. and uh, any money that we receive from personal donations or from events and exhibitions <clears throat> that we've undertaken, that all gets plowed into our restoration fund and the. Uh, used towards protecting and, where necessary, repairing raised creatures for future generations to enjoy. Because you're still cataloging yes. uh, material, lots of material, <clears throat> yeah. and you are going through phases. You, 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 you select certain things that need restoration and you, you do that, and once that job mission accomplished, you then move on to, to other yeah. things. Well, we're trying to choose the worst at the moment that need immediate... Get, get those going. Yeah, yeah, immediate stuff. So. Yeah. It's great, and Alan Friswell um, is doing such a wonderful job, and he was under the instruction directly from my dad. Yeah. So yeah. he, you know, he hasn't just gone in there and done it willy-nilly. He is he has done it to the letter and kept to the letter as my dad wished for it to be, That's which is wonderful, and it's so exciting seeing these things repaired and restored, and right. I think dad would have been thrilled if he was alive. Yeah. So what's happening next? Is, is it too early to uh, mention this rumor that I hear, overheard you talking about about a book? Um, is it too early to mention that? Or no, no. Should I tell everybody <laughs> at home who's listening to this to disregard what I just said? Tell us about the book. Uh, well, um, it's... Because I know it's early days. It, it yeah, is, it's really yeah. It's days. just sort of um, very rough at the moment. But we thought that, well, I thought it would be fun to do from my perspective as mm. growing up as a... Um, a child living with all these wonderful yeah. creatures and, and dad's um, talent, you know. So there will be a bit about that, there will be a bit <coughs> about being on set and, and, and various other um, exciting things. So it's, it, it I should can't be wait good. To, I can't wait to see it. I haven't quite mapped it all out yet, but 
And there's no title yet. You're still man you're still trying to figure out the the best title. Yeah, we've it, just, I, I've kind of liked some of the ideas I've heard. Well, we've just really broken the ground on, on Vanessa's book because clearly people uh, would would anticipate uh, an exhibition catalogue for oh, an yeah. exhibition of our size, and we thought, well, we could do so, again do something a little different because uh, Vanessa. The one thing that nobody else in the world has is Vanessa's memories and Vanessa's perspective on things and life in the Harryhausen home. So that's uh, I, I think the book will in equal share celebrate the collection and the incredible collection that will be on display in our exhibition but That's also fantastic. Vanessa's experiences as a child and as an adult and as a trustee of the foundation yeah. um, another book project that we have a little sooner um, and due for release later this year is Harryhausen The Lost Movies and that's been ah. written by another one of our trustees, John Walsh. Mm -hmm. John was a filmmaker who, who made a documentary with Ray when he was still I, in film I school. I remember, I know that, yeah. In the 1980s, and John later became a trustee. And he and I worked very hard over the last year um, looking for all of the information on the films that Ray had either started upon or had, uh, you know, concepts Developed. that never quite reached the big screen for right. whatever reason. Whether it was... Early days, a lot of fans know about, of course, the War of the Worlds and, and his his love for adapting that story and just things that he dreamt about but never never came. That's to right, and like so so many other filmmakers, um, he had lots of. Projects. I think Peter. I think Peter Jackson's got the record though of projects planned and dreamed about and boop nothing but. Uh, well, that's <laughs> the thing. But all all filmmakers and artists do. That's right, and that's why I think it will be such a relatable book, and I think as well it, it, it speaks to Reese tenacity and practicality that he always had a couple of extra ideas at streams that he could step in and out of uh, so every, uh, everybody most of Ray's fans will know about the War of the Worlds or Baron Munchausen or other projects and we found these sketches too for a lot of these films yeah outlines and that and it's fabulous and some of the you mentioned the watercolors the other day are those yeah, production was, sketches yeah, or are they um, are they just other studies uh, it's quite unusual for an artist like me and a filmmaker I mean this is just I can't wait to see the, uh -huh. the exhibition of these books. It's a treasure trove of stuff. That's right. Well, a lot of the uh, lost movies material will be on display at our exhibition next year. But yes, the watercolours were for Baron Munchausen. Uh, the Which is a personal favourite story of mine, and I love Gilliam's, Terry Gilliam's film, and I would have given anything. And there's a little test footage? Or, yeah. is, or am I... No, no, that's no, right. You're there correct. is. Yeah, there's a... So, so the watercolours are quite unusual. Ray didn't usually use watercolours, right. so they're rare in, in their own right. usually pencil or yeah. charcoal yeah. when he was working. But the, uh, the test footage is of the man in the moon, so there's a little Munchausen That's figure, it. and then there's the man on the moon uh, sort of speaking, keep it, keeping uh, the little baron captive. Now, actually, it's quite interesting. This was something that Ray had planned, where he tried to use stop-motion animation but manoeuvre this uh, moon man's mouth so that there could be dialogue. Um, so the um, the model actually had levers in the back to ah. manipulate. Uh, I think Ray realised that it was more or less impossible because it would have taken so long to to move a mouth a mouth sorry frame by frame to uh, to right. to have speech in the film. So this was a an experiment. But that Moon Man was one of the objects that Vanessa discovered alongside Jim Danforth and Randy Cook. Yeah. Just they relatively into. recently. Tell uh. tell us about that. I mean, recently in the span of the career. Um, but what's the story about that garage? Of well, treasure? yeah, we I don't I don't know how it came about, but we got um, I, we asked Dad if there was anything in California in, in um, the Palisades, and he said, Oh no, there's nothing out there but crap. 
<laughs> and I was like, really? He said, well, there might be a few things in boxes, but I can't remember. So uh, my husband and I volunteered to go out and have a look. Sure. Um, and uh, the house was being rented out um, by a, fr- a friend of Dad's. And uh, so we had to make sure that we had permission to get into the garage and in the house yeah. to get to any possibilities. That, um, and we started going through the garage. And but and you saw immediately that yeah, there was a lot a more lot of stuff, stuff than you yeah. anticipated. So I called our friend Randy and said, can you get this over Randy here? Cook, Randy Cook, yeah. yeah. And Jim Danforth. Yeah. Because um, they're both experts on things. And they would know uh, if they uh-huh. saw something that you didn't know. Yeah, what it was. yeah. And uh, they're very good with the film and all sorts. So they, they came over, and it was just like Christmas every day. I mean, wow. oh, my gosh, the stuff we found. Film cl- um, clippings, um, the uh, the little was, red... Um, wasn't there a little Sinbad figure? There the was, world? yeah. Yeah. Um, and some of the fairy tale things like wow. Midas um, and um, Little Miss Muffet and... <laughs> All the wee chairs and all the wee props for the fairy tales we found, oh. all in a box. So that's the and crap that he yeah, was just with his I know. Eye on Including, I can't remember, some, some dinosaur we found up in the attic. Um, a hard rubber mm. dinosaur that we found. Um, so Jim and um, Randy were instrumental in helping sort exciting. this out. And then with the film stuff, Randy um, got in touch with Peter Jackson. Uh-huh. Um, who, God bless him, he said, you know, well, if you can get it to the airport, we'll we'll um, sort it out and, and pre- preserve it for mm-hmm. you. And they've still got the stuff for us. So Fantastic. we're hoping to take some of that footage back and some of the first stills and, and have it in our exhibit, you know, next year. And this is un- un- unseen stuff. Oh, wow. Because it was sort of cutting room stuff, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. So it was the, the test footage and the, and the dailies. Uh, sorry, rather than test footage for for Ray's animation. Yeah, yeah. So Randy actually described a little bit about what he he saw there last night. It's 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 really fantastic stuff that that goes to show just how important it was for Ray to keep all of this material. So although he may have forgotten what was in the garage in L.A., Ray never threw anything away, and he yeah. kept all of this throughout this these many decades of his creative life. Off the top of your head, what? How many items are in the collection? Just. Well, catalogued or uncatalogued? I mean, just throw a figure out that you think is... So, catalogued, we have about 13,500 items catalogued, but there's a lot still to go, and sort of what Vanessa was speaking to there is that we're still finding things all of the time. Like, we obviously have the key objects catalogued now, but we're still finding photographs, documents, sketches, uh, all kinds of really unusual material... um, and it's no exaggeration to say on a weekly basis there's something that makes wow come and see look what you're on this treasure hunt now you're on this mission so what's the most what's the most exciting thing for you uh, that's been uncovered or revealed in this uh, journey oh wow I mean there have been so many highlights just pick one I think that um, I think just to to talk to Vanessa's story of, of Ray's personal life and his story we found Ray's stripes from his time in the army in World War II he was a second technician Uh, like so many men of his generation he he, uh, served his country uh, during during the war and was a second technician and that in itself was a very interesting story because he went on to work in Frank Frank Capra's film unit alongside uh, yeah. Dr. Zeus and and so many others Peter Geisel that's right yeah so so many um, 
So, so he was there creating sort of propaganda films, as well as, Vanessa, you mentioned training as a sniper? Yes, well, I remember Dad saying that, but I haven't found anything as yet to confirm uh, that. But he did say that, so I don't know why Training and that. maybe something in his nature that is so still and precise and patient. Because yeah. I can't imagine you having any other qualities. No. And, and for you, what's the most, and I know it's been an overwhelming journey as things continue to heat up and move uh -huh. forward. But, but what pops into mind when I, say, when I ask what's for you the most exciting thing that's um, come out of this journey yeah. so far? Gosh, so many things. Um, I'm just, the, it's, I'm awestruck at, at the talent that I keep finding, even just in his very basic sketches. Yeah. And um, I was saying to Connor the other day that, you know, it would be really good to show the very, very beginnings so that the youngsters outside, you know, learning or wanting to do animation or yeah. be an artist, understand that Ray didn't just suddenly magically become this fantastic artist. It he had to really, really work at it. Yeah. And persistence pays. You have a dream, follow that dream, and you can make it happen. If you've got it inside, follow it through. Yeah. Um, and you and develop your talents. Yes. And you keep getting yeah. better. But you've got to have that, that real Nothing want. Nothing is overnight. Of, no. Yeah. Um, and you know we found some first um, puppets and, and stuff that he did in his teenage days and and he hated them he said oh don't show those they're awful <laughs> they're so crappy but I think again it shows the very beginnings of how he's yeah. thinking yeah. Um, I, I I'm just mesmerized by the, the the whole thing and just little things it's it's just so much fun going through everything and now I'm doing some of the archiving with Connor which is just wonderful, and yeah. I feel so privileged to be able to do that. Wow, it's like a living, it's, I can't quite come up with the metaphor, the image that's in my head. It's like you're in the middle of creating this living diary that's yes. kind of telling a yeah. story. I'm very yeah. excited for that. Well, this is the idea is that it, you know this is one of the most incredible collections in the world, and the fact that it that it is so intact. So yeah. I think it's second only to the Walt Disney Collection in terms of an animation archive. Yeah. So as well as photographing models and uh, writing down their details and cataloging them, there's this opportunity to build a larger story uh, with the database that we have, which is a museum standards database named yeah. Adlib. Mm -hmm. You don't just put that basic information in; you can also put information in about. Uh, Conservation history, exhibitions, related so materials. So it continues to grow, and then you, you, you like a, like a, a, a fractured diamond. You've mm -hmm. got all of these. Yeah. that's right. Sub things where you can track and you, you know where exactly. You can have uh, these threads going through where you don't just have Talos the model. You've got the first ever sketch for Talos. You've got a history, and of you've got yeah. every little prototypes, thing. and you've got you know the the other parts of Talos, the big foot and the big hand, which we still have, although they're just armatures. Right. Link them all together, and then you've got the Talos bronzes, and then you've got wow. exhibitions, restorations. Um, it could even go as far as uh, finding a book on Greek myths where Ray's underlined a few things, and yeah. you know the, the the concept appears in its head. Where did a verbal image feed? The, the, this is all exciting stuff. All, you know, so we're, and it's a long, long project, but we're growing this. Well, it's a good thing you're a young man. I've got a long way to go. <laughs> you've yes, got yeah. your work cut out for you. But the, the, this opportunity to create a very unique understanding of Ray's working practices over over the decades, and and yes, it's it's the most exciting job in the world, uh, definitely, because every day is an adventure. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, I think from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing from you, I think you're, you're marvelous, and it's really great to meet you. And 
I love you. Oh, thank you. Love you too. Thank you for listening to the Redfield Arts Review. Please come back again for our next show. The Redfield Arts Review and the original content of this program is copyright the Mark Redfield Company. Shopping for explosives by Coconut Monkey Rocket. Licensed under Attribution Non-Commercial International License. All other content used by permission of the respective rights holders or used for educational and informational purposes. Original music, sound design, and engineering is by Jennifer Rouse. This is your announcer, Mary Ann Perry. Hello, this is Caroline Monroe. And I'm Martine Beswick. And we're here to tell you about this wonderful and exciting new project that we've both been involved with. It's called Sinbad and the Pirate Princess. And it's a movie for your ear. Baghdad. The great city and its citizens are celebrating. Now, as I am a river to my people... You must kill her, my handsome and still skeptical Captain Sinbad. The only good pirate is a dead one. Raise yourself, Captain Bula! The pirates are upon us! Their ship comes alongside us! I shall not rest until all of Badra's ships are burnt. You remind me of only one other swordsman with such skill. What is that in that vial? This? Simply the blood of a siren mixed into a potion that I now drink. Look! Look! She changes, Captain! For you and the people of Zalos, I have complete faith in Sinbad. He's the very man you need.